This is a bit of a different one. I think you don't start off with Adam Sandler as the main network. And we you just lose all our followers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you are now listening to Film Fluence. And we're back again. Um, yeah, you guys are just gonna have to deal with that. Like, that's the intro for every single week. Every single week we're coming back. We're not leaving. Uh, <laughs> setting it in stone right now. So what are we doing today? Oh my God, we're gonna talk about my favorite movie in the whole entire world. I don't think anybody understands how much I love this film. Like genuinely have an attachment to it. We are talking about 10 things I hate about you. It's my favorite comfort movie, really. Oh my God. It's just like my favorite film in the whole entire world because I think like it works perfectly just because it's a perfect balance. Like it literally strikes a perfect balance between romance and comedy. So yeah. Do you think we should just get started? I do think so, Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with some rapid fire questions. Oh, who's, <laughs> who's on the seat first? Or are we just alternating? What do you think we should do? Um, I think we should. I think we should alternate. <laughs> I think we should alternate. Okay, okay. Let's pull up some rapid fire questions. Rapid <laughs> fire questions. <clears throat> what was your favorite subject in school? English. You're literally talking about cats. Could it be anyone else? Well, I don't know the other one's favorite subjects. You could have said Cameron like French. That's not his favorite <laughs> subject. He's simping over Bianca, so that's why he learns French. Exactly, exactly. But like, okay, if you came to me like when I was in year nine, well, I don't know how old they are. They're like sixteen or something. It's seventeen, right? Oh, yeah. If you came to me when I was like sixteen, seventeen, right, I would have just given you the like class my crush was in, like. <laughs> right like so you could have just said French right like or, or wait wait like um maths for Bogie Lownstein like, oh, he's such a prevalent character in my mind <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I think it's your turn to ask me a question okay so your turn when you're not working how do you like to spend your time I like staring at myself in the mirror Oh my god, are you Joey? That's not his name, is it? No, 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 that is his name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't even thinking about Joey, but I mean, you're probably right. Are we talking about Bianca? Right. Yes. Okay, well, they both yes, work. Yes, I was. They both work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me find a question for you. Um, what do you think this first what do you think this character's favorite movie is? Um oh my god, we can so just rapid. Cut this out and pretend it's rapid. We can just lie to them. So rapid. Um okay. The notebook. Cameron. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, I could see it because he's like the fattest simp ever. Exactly. That's what I was but like. Going at by. the same time, at the same time, like but they say it was like kind I, of an iffy one. Mm, would we expect something more masculine? Maybe, 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 maybe. I feel like him and Michael would cry to it. Can't lie. They, yeah, definitely. Can't lie. <laughs> uh-huh, it's your turn to ask me. 
Okay. Um. Okay. Mm. This one could be a good one based on the one person I'm thinking of. I don't know if you would think of them, but I'm just going to do it anyway. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Uh, I would probably go to like the 1500s. Are you thinking of the best friend? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you're going to guess. I don't think so. Um, The 1500s? There was only one person I could think of that that would have been. I just don't know who you're thinking of right now. You do. Because I have a cheeky smile on my face. <laughs> what? Um, my favourite character in the whole film. Patrick. <laughs> I was like, what? I thought Patrick was your favourite. We'll get to that later, Cody. <laughs> no, no, no. This person is my favourite. <laughs> Shall I give you a clue? Yes, please. He he throws the best parties ever. Oh my god. I don't know his name, but is he that kid who gets mad at everyone in his house? <laughs> Berkey Lance. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Or something. yes, it is. <laughs> He has an enmity with Michael. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I think, oh, I think it's time for me to ask my question to you. Far away. Mm-hmm. Do you have a song that reminds you of a relationship? If so, what song? Uh, oh, I want you to want me. Patrick. <laughs> wow. Cody, I'm winning this game. I'm winning this game. Oh, my competitive spirit is coming out. I'm definitely it's, winning. It's just my brain, like, not working. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of my feet. Um, okay, it's your turn to ask me a question. Okay, I'm going to ask you... If a movie was made out of your life, what genre would you be? And who would play you? Tragedy. And. Um, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh God. Let, one second. I need to search something up. <laughs> um, one second. I'll let you know in, in just, just a second. <laughs> just let, a jiffy. I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Judy Dench. <laughs> Wait. I just don't know. But if Judy Dench was was young. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want the answer? No, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm counting on you. 
I'm counting uh, you. Come on. We've already done this person though, so it can't be them. <laughs> or have we not? I don't think so. I can only Ooh. think of. No, she wants Anne Hathaway to play her, but like not Anne Hathaway. Not our Anne Hathaway. <laughs> not our Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, you know what? Give me a second. <laughs> you'll find it out you will find it out and you'll be very happy that I gave you this one I'm so confused uh, I can only think of Bianca Cody who's Anne Hathaway what do you mean who's Anne Hathaway who's Anne Hathaway <laughs> Anne Hathaway no not our Anne Hathaway what do you mean they look like Anne Hathaway Nope. What do you mean, not Aaron Hathaway? <laughs> not Aaron Hathaway. You're talking about um, the best friend. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, I am. Makes and sense Anne now. Hathaway, by the way, is Shakespeare's wife. Oh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to ask you my question now. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. If I could be anybody in the world, who would I be? Shakespeare. Is it bogey? I think it's bogey. <laughs> it is. You got it right. Oh my god, it's bogey. Um. Is it? Is it? Is off? Is it our favorite? It is our favourite. Oh, my man's Michael. My <laughs> man's Michael. <laughs> it is Michael. It is Michael. We love Michael. Well, on that note, I think we should talk about Michael. I think so too. Oh, what do we have to say about Michael? I think Michael, just like how we were talking about before with the perfect balance of comedy and romance I think he like embodies it does that make any sense I think so too <laughs> I think so I think so too because I feel like the story wouldn't exist without him mm-hmm. because he he is kind of the reason that we see this entire story yeah right because if you think about it like I mean from the beginning of it it's quite funny as it is because you've got when Cameron walks into the office you've got Alice and Janie playing the guidance counsellor mm-hmm. um, and she's, she's cuckoo in the head you know and then she just kind of pushes him off onto Michael and so if it wasn't for Michael touring Cameron around the entire school right he would have never seen Bianca the story would have never, never happened but exactly but the, the thing is it's not funny because of that it's not funny just because oh yeah well look you know it's because there's such a distinction between the calmness of Cameron and this hyperactivity of Michael like they just make the perfect bromance going on like mm-hmm. there's no like I would say there's a bromance kind of going on between like Patrick 
and Cameron, but I wouldn't yeah. say it is obviously to the extent that it is between Michael and Cameron. Because I feel like between Michael and Cameron, right? Like if you think about it, he's the one just being the wingman all the time. Like, okay, you know, I'll sort your plan out. I'm going to be there to sort you out. It's like me and you. <laughs> just me, the Michael, you, the Cameron. Like... Yeah, so I'm a simp. <laughs> And that's why Michael works so perfectly because Michael ain't no simp, man. Michael is not a simp. No, he's not. not. A simp Michael will not be caught simping. No, even if he dressed up as Shakespeare, by the way, <laughs> at, a, at a 20th century prom going into the 21st century, <laughs> he, is, he ain't no simp. He ain't no simp. <laughs> no. Right? Like, I, I don't know, just, I feel like Michael is the whole reason this film just kind of works so comedically, because I, th- I feel like everything else, like, is quite romantic. It's not that there isn't hints and elements of comedy there, but, like, Michael is the main factor, because he also introduces us to our favourite character ever, Bogey. <laughs> like, <laughs> what would I do without him? <laughs> like... The way he takes Cameron around the tables and he goes to Bogey and he's like, you know, like <laughs> scowling at each other. Like. But I feel like it also works because, um, like, I think sometimes in films they try to force a like psychic, like force like a comedic sidekick. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, like, I feel like it wasn't like that. Yeah, and like, I feel like he fits so... into that trope, but mm-hmm. it's not like his whole personality yeah but I feel like that's because him and Cameron number one they work together mm-hmm. they've got like this equal partnership you know when they try and get Joey involved and it's not even like Cameron it's more um Michael getting Joey involved right and like yeah. he's kind of the butt of the joke all the time because first you've got him falling down the ramp on his <laughs> little bike cycle thing um then he crashes and he stands up and he's like look at me I'm fine um and then and you've Joey also got him face exactly <laughs> and then you've also got him like throwing the the leaflets to bogey's party up he mm-hmm. constructed all he's the mastermind behind everything you know um so yeah he's like the funniest character and i feel like he really just balances everything out perfectly like mm-hmm. perfectly without him this film would not have that kind of spark that it does have yeah I feel like it would just be one of those like mushy like rom-coms that Mm -hmm. like it's obviously timeless but like people just like I think the watchability watchability that word (laughs) just make it a word (laughs) watchability comes from Michael as well as the story yeah the like yeah element um because I think sometimes it becomes a bit meh yeah, and I feel like that angst between Kat and Patrick needed to be broken. Obviously, there needed to be a reason they got together in the first place. And, mm-hmm. you know, Cameron didn't really have the courage to, because his character is like that, right? Like, he just is so passive and, like, he, he like, watches on the sidelines rather than being the doer. So I feel like that motivating force for him was always Michael. Michael being like, I'm going to talk to him for you. Yeah. If you can't do it, I'm going to do it. Because he's got that, like, 
he's so unaware of, like everything <laughs> happening yeah. around him like do you remember when he went to the bar oh my god yes <laughs> he's standing there with all the bikers like you like my bike <laughs> but yes we like your bike I think that scene works quite perfectly because the mise en scene creates a distinction between Michael and Patrick. It's like Patrick, no, it's like Michael, <laughs> like Michael entering Patrick's world. Yeah, and I think that's just the funniest part, right? Like, yeah. it, it is really funny when he goes in, he just stands out. Mm-hmm. He literally stands out like in the whole thing. crowd. <laughs> Bless him. When you see them together, they're funny in different ways mm-hmm. because you've got this whole bad boy aura. But the thing is, you know, when you see that like natural embodiment, oh, I'm a bad boy, like yeah. how they show it, leather jacket, like, oh, you know, Cigarette. look at me. It's the try hard thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas when we're watching Heath Ledger like embody this character, it just comes so naturally and effortlessly. Like it's comedic because everyone thinks he's such a bad boy he's and not. he's like why is everyone looking at me that way when I'm not scary like I want people to think I'm scary but I'm not gonna go out of my way to make people think I'm scary mm-hmm. like one of my favorite parts is like when um Michael and Cameron are talking to Patrick and they're kind of like saying that he's like all tough and he's like you don't think I'm pretty or something because <laughs> <was so> <laughs> they're like they're like oh yeah she has black underwear and so you know she only likes pretty boys he's like so you don't think i'm pretty and they're like, i never said that you know i think i see cameron gets scared shitless isn't it isn't it like because the thing is michael's still like they're like i never said that bro like, mm. you know he's trying so hard to be he, like, cool whereas cameron yeah and cameron's just like don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me the panic just kind of is frozen he's like a little birdie (laughs) his flight or fight got deactivated no activated (laughs) but yeah and I think you know like it really is a lot of like the reason this like comedy works I think is because the way Heath Ledger embodies Patrick right Heath Ledger is a brilliantly talented actor you know we've seen Mm -hmm. him in the dark knight and outstanding performance you know you've seen him in things like uh breakback mountain i think that's the name of the film again amazing he is just extremely talented and obviously it's really sad that you know the world lost him so early and he was gonna i told you he was gonna produce the queen's gambit and it's just like i would have loved to see that um but you know because he's so talented when you're watching this film like I tried you know a lot of films when you watch them and you're like is is this really realistic like Mm -hmm. even though a lot of parts of this film are so unrealistic right you sit there and you're trying to like note when his performance kind of breaks out and I'm like oh the acting's bad or like this is acting you're you're so aware of the acting Mm -hmm. It's so seamless with him. Yeah, I agree. It is so seamless. Like, you know that part where they're at the party and Kat's just banged her head and Cameron's like, oh, I, I want to talk to you. And he's like, well, do you think you, you deserve her? Do you want her? Like, just put in perspective. And I was like, he, like, just that little scene was like, he is I, so talented. I love, that's like one of my favourite scenes 
It shows the bromance off. It shows the bromance off. But also because he was like taking care of her, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I mean, the romance aspect is obviously brilliant because I mean, the chemist. I think they actually dated in real life. Fun fact. Really? Um, Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger while they were on set there's rumors that they dated in real life I'm not sure how far that's true but I hope mm-hmm. it is true because apparently he wrote her a song or something as well like they were fully they were fully together um you know and so you know it's just great and so I'm just actually reading the funniest thing is that Heath Ledger thought he tanked his audition mm-hmm. he didn't think he was going to get the part man like I couldn't imagine anybody else's Heath Ledger. That does. Yeah, no. <clears throat> but like going back to what you said about the romance between Patrick and Cameron in that scene, I just really like it because it's so unlikely. And even Cameron himself is a bit like starstruck by the, by it. Yeah, yeah. Like taken aback because he's like, mm-hmm. oh, someone actually believes in me. And I think the positivity of Patrick's character is really kind of what holds the film together in a non-romantic way mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a there's a there's a thin line between cheesy and romantic right yeah and a lot a lot a lot a lot of rom-coms just tread the line and that's when they become you know the so-called chick flick not that I I'm a like an advocate for that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing um but I just found that the way he carried himself was just you know it it just it, it sucks you in you're like wow okay well I just have to sit here and watch this now it's just so convincing and it works so well it really really does and like let's read something here <laughs> so did you know did you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt was actually meant to be Michael and he didn't want to be Cameron no way I couldn't see it working like that See, I think it's because Joseph Gordon-Levitt has such a, like, nice, soft face. Yeah, exactly. He just looks like, but if you... like Cameron. Because he plays yeah. Cameron, but you know what I mean? Looks like that sort of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, the nice guy trope that he played in 500 Days of Summer as well. But, like, again, he's another talented actress. actress <laughs> actor. <laughs> I don't know what I'm on. He's so talented because, if you actually think about it, right, like, he went from being on that 70s show as Buddy. Again, mm-hmm. very, very comedic. Even though it was a small role, it was still very comedic. Yeah. But then he he was in um, the 2012 version of The Dark Knight Rises. So he's got range as well. So, you know, you've got both these amazing, like, actors with so much range playing these very simple kind of realistic and very verisimilitudal roles. But because of that, they're so, like powerful um because of this coming of age thing and I feel like it's because now like you know that I'm past that coming of age kind of thing I I cringe looking (laughs) back at coming of age books or films or you know anything coming of age I'm like I can't believe I thought that was good and this is the one film I feel like I don't feel that way with like I I can't even watch something that I watched two years like you know to all the boys I've loved before like Mm-hmm. I can't even go back and watch that because I cringe and I'm like, why did I think this films, was good? Yeah, they're the type of films that you can no longer take seriously. Um, but this one is very timeless in that way. Like, I would, I would never, like, look at it and be like, oh, that's so cringe. Like, why did I ever think that was, like, so cute or so good? Like, it's never going to be like that, 
I don't think I mean I've seen it like yeah. five times and like every single time I just I'm still like shocked by it and do you know what the funny thing is I don't think anybody actually mentions this bit because I think it's actually one of the funniest bits mm-hmm. their dad their dad yeah. is actually really really funny <laughs> like just nobody thinks about it that way they're like oh it's, like he's a recurring character like recurring side character right mm-hmm. but like if you think about it with him, when he puts the belly on Bianca and Patrick is <laughs> just standing at the door like isn't that just one of your favorite scenes because <laughs> it's just so ridiculous but like because I feel like he does the strict parenting in quite a funny way not in not in a way where you're like oh he's so annoying it's kind of in like yeah. a sweet endearing kind of way I don't know not endearing, yeah like he cares about yeah word. No, but I feel like he does really, really care about his daughters and that's the whole reason he, like, perpetuates this thing that, oh, okay, you know, you guys can't date because I Mm -hmm. don't want you guys to, like, end up in a position where you guys aren't happy. Um, And that's why he keeps reminding Bianca. Bianca's like, he's ruining my life. Not realising, you know, like, for both the girls, he's not actually ruining their life because he's, like, the sole carer of both Mm -hmm. of them. And I think the way that's taken, because it's such a serious topic as well, it kind of shifts the norms and a lot of parts of this film's this film this film does that like it takes away and it's like okay like if you even think about like Kat and Julia Stiles Mm -hmm. I mean Julia Stiles didn't she doesn't like the film looking back on it like that's actually really funny to think because she thinks it's like watching a like awkward home movie but um she plays such an iconic character like everyone loves Kat name one Mm -hmm. person who doesn't love Kat um you know and people are like oh she's like a pick me girl because she like is like oh it's bad to be feminine I feel like she well, I don't really think that's what she's a pick me girl because she was never looking for attention mm-hmm. like that way she was never looking for male validation by doing that and she was never I don't think she was ever really looking for attention um and I feel like I liked the relationship between her and her sister and I liked how it was revealed later on about why she why she was the way she was she was and why she was so protective of Bianca Mm -hmm. um I liked how they introduced that I think they introduced it at a really good time as well I think so too I think so because I feel like we needed to get to know Joey right Mm -hmm. like we just had to get to know Joey and although like it seems really comedic because he's so full of himself and like okay yeah that again portrays the part where it's like oh everyone loves this one because it's so comedic at the same time we needed to know that he was a bit loopy in the head yeah um you know he was he was a pig Mm -hmm. literally you know like an actual pig because he was just playing around with Bianca and he ends up with chastity in the end like who was her yeah. best friend I mean I again what's wrong with that if you want to call someone a pick me girl call chastity a pick me girl right although I love Gabrielle Union absolutely adore the woman mm-hmm. um and by the way you know she was like 10 years older than everybody in the film no way she still looks the same she still looks the same I know she doesn't crack um but yeah like so you know we like we needed to get to know that whole thing about like okay Bianca has her own realization um and then Kat never steered that realization she never like forced it and that's what she says as well like I never wanted to have that effect on you I wanted you to make your own mind up and that's why I think again that Kat could never be one of those oh I'm anti-feminist girls I just think she was generally against the norm like she just didn't want to fit in like she at the end of the day didn't have her mum with her her mum had ran away um Mm -hmm. 
and being in school it was like constantly being told oh because you want to believe something you're wrong for believing that and she you know like even her teacher being like get out of my class like all again it's yeah. funny but at the same time it's not funny because it's really just showing oh because she's outspoken and he says at one point he's like oh miss I have an opinion about everything like yeah what's she's, so she's bad about having an opinion yeah what, what was so bad about having an opinion like um it was a bit strange and I feel like this is why I really don't like people being like oh I don't like her as a character or I like her as a character but she, her, the issue is that she's an anti-feminist because she's not anti-feminist and people need to realize that I think yeah I wouldn't ever because even her, like, anti-feminist I think yeah like just some ways I feel like it's more like that she was just against misogyny with mm-hmm. like Joey and all of this like toxic like toxicity in like high school because she was older than Bianca I think Bianca was 16 so I think she was 18 yeah Um, Yeah. but like she was just so over and like everyone hated her for it which is really weird like I don't know like yeah like even Bianca she goes oh like she said to Cameron she was really popular and then one day she was just like oh well I give up you know mm-hmm. and it made sense on why she gave up and I felt like that was the most kind of relatable part of the movie and her character in a way because I think you get to a point or an age where you mature and you realize that all these people surrounding you aren't like good people <laughs> especially yeah. in high school because a lot of them don't like mature and they don't talk about the right things and so her like removing herself from that toxicity was the best thing you could do and why would you want to be stuck in the company of someone like joey donovan just why would you i just just so delusional and so arrogant i mean but if you think about it like in some ways it feeds into the comedic aspect again yeah because that kind of because there's two different types of angst in this film right so there's the angst between cat and patrick will they happen won't they happen um they should happen you know they're quite similar mm-hmm. but then there's also the angst between joey and um cat which is like kind of top tier angst in the sense that she's like i'm gonna punch you in the face and then when bianca actually punches I him in the face loved that I think Bianca genuinely had the best character development. Like, I think so. The way like she and Cameron ended up together as well. I mean, that that was kind of the sweet part, like the romantic part that wasn't so cheesy. I mean, it is a bit because, you know, he has that whole speech in the car where he's like, I did this for you, I did that for you. And she's like, well, now I like you. Like, yeah, that was a bit like, okay. That was, that was when he really did that, like he really fed into the nice guy trope and he was like well you like it was kind of like a you owe me like but she didn't but I don't know they were still kind of cute but I don't know they kind of like I did think they were really cute but they are like side characters to me in a way even though yeah and I think it's really interesting like the way we see the film yeah um because we obviously see it through like Cameron's perspective that's the first person we're introduced to and it's like okay like because he and Michael are the ones orchestrating everything and Michael's kind of his sidekick you know we've got that trope going on and then they go over to Joey and you know they get Joey to kind of cast Patrick in the role like you know (laughs) uh, I'm gonna pay you to do this for me and he's like oh okay I'm kind of intrigued by this girl so I'm gonna do it um 
So, you know, I think the dynamic between the characters is a funny bit. Yeah. But, like, if you actually think about, like, just what's going on between um, the relationships themselves, like, between the sisters and the boyfriends, because they don't actually become boyfriends till the end, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they're just kind of the talking stage of the 90s. But yeah, I don't know. It was just really interesting the way we see it because we really are seeing Kat and Patrick's story through Cameron's lens. Mm-hmm. So is it is it a skewed lens? Yeah, it's quite difficult though because at the start it's like you because for me I kind of forgot that we were watching it through him because at the start me too. obviously do like with the whole introduction and through his like courting of (laughs) Bianca but like Bianca sorry but um throughout the movie you kind of just forget which I think is quite nice because otherwise I think it would have got in the way um I don't really see how it would have worked I think yeah I think it works quite like Shakespearean rather Mm -hmm. than like it's very theatrical instead of being um like a movie like a mainstream movie right like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of mainstream movies just work from like point of view perspective or like first person they never like range between it and I feel like it's something we kind of see in Romeo and Juliet as well like where Romeo and Juliet is experienced through so many different perspectives or like Macbeth because you've got Lady Macbeth as well we see a lot from her perspective and King Duncan and there's so I think that's really cool because they kind of try and defer very subtly so that it still mm-hmm. fits into mainstream media and it still gains that popularity but you don't understand what's happening you don't notice yeah. what's happening and it still allows you to make your own mind up on the characters because we're introduced to them at the start by kind of through Michael's narration but that never really like obviously that's a subconscious representation put into your mind but you are still able to decide for yourself. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, just the cinematography was really, really cool, which mm-hmm. nobody again noticed, right? Because I think for me, a shot that really, really stood out um, was, you know, when they're on the staircase and they chuck the like flyers down, the posters, yeah. and the camera was right at the bottom of the staircase and it just comes flying out. And I was like, that's such a cool shot like you just feel like you're there in that moment and you can relate to it because I feel like there's a lot of like psychoanalytical identification not to get too terminology the two into terminology but um yeah I don't know I really really enjoyed that bit and I feel like I enjoyed my favorite bit at the end you know (laughs) where, where they're like Kat and Patrick are kissing outside of the car Mm -hmm. and um they suddenly just pull away the camera into like the air and then they got um her favorite band playing on the roof because so cool I know I love that part I just feel like it ends it so well like it's just a nice way to wrap everything up and like incorporate little details from the film and I just yes. love it. Yes. And also, can we just talk about the scene before that? The scene before, the iconic scene before that. Like, I have that poem ingrained 
into my brain right like I have watched mm. this film so many times where I'm like I know the words off the heart so like I rewatched <laughs> it the other day yeah and she's literally reciting the poem and I'm reciting it alongside with her as if I am <laughs> yeah. her and I'm like oh hi cat bestie we are the same bestie. person <laughs> it's not even bestie it's the same person at this point my whole personality is based off cat <laughs> she raised me she definitely did although those are like a lot of my favorite scenes I think for me personally I really really enjoyed the part where they're they're at Bogey's party right Mm -hmm. and they go and sit on the swing set I love that one so much much. (laughs) like and the thing is like because you've got point of view shots this is what I'm talking about cinematography like right you feel like again that you're in the moment and this is where the point of view thingy comes in again because you're viewing it from like a first point perspective as if you are these characters and that's what makes you so invested in them like I am so invested in this relationship because I feel like I'm a part of it that, that, that's what mm-hmm. this film does yeah. and so when she looks up at him and she's like oh your eyes like have a little bit of green in them <laughs> like oh my god that that's the part of romance that isn't like cheesy because they keep arguing back and forth right like yeah it's not enemies but it's like what do you want from me like yeah. you know it's and that like whole trope is just it's like a indifferent something. I don't yeah know. yeah it's like just just leave me alone type thing it's not mm-hmm. like oh I hate you like the the hate the enemy is Joey, <laughs> the enemy yeah. Is Joey. Yeah. but there's no romantic tension there whereas between these two like you know and then she pukes on his shoes and that again makes it funny yeah. because it's like you know it's coming you know that she's just gonna mess it up but then you feel bad for her when they're sitting in the car and you're viewing it from the outside again because you're not mm-hmm. part of the relationship um and suddenly he's like I'm not gonna kiss you babes I'm not yeah. gonna kiss you and she's like I never liked you in the first place <laughs> it just brings back that tension I know I just I don't know I quite like that though I think it was I think I liked that part but also I did feel really bad for like you said as well because I was like no like going so well um, tears, in, tears on my pillow <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what? The paintball scene. Oh my god, yes. I love the paintball scene because I just think it's so sweet to watch her walls come down and to watch her kind of like relax a little bit and be in his company. And it just felt easy. Like when you're, well, I say it like I was involved. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you being so invested in this film. (laughs) It just looks so like easy so simple like for them I think it is kind of about that simplicity isn't it because like you don't go around every single day being like oh okay I'm gonna have this lavish gesture all the time Mm -hmm. like although like I mean her flashing the teacher to get him out of detention that was (laughs) that was a bit whack (laughs) that was a bit whack um because I mean in real life you would have just been expelled like bye-bye um but you know like I feel like just that kind of toned downness from his or like um I love you baby Mm -hmm. you know his whole big gesture I feel like it was so needed because if it becomes too extravagant it becomes cheesy and this is what we were talking about like you know the thin line between comedy and romance like being like cheesy you know like this is the part where it's like not cheesy just because 
it's kind of realistic and like you kind of hope somebody would do that for you on your first date like technically this was their first official date yeah. right I wouldn't count the party as their first date no I think it was nice because like it was that balance and that makes it yeah. more real like if I could don't think I could take I could have taken another big gesture because it just it really puts you in that rom-com like oh. easy like standing out well I was gonna say like they're standing outside with like the like the the boom box and stuff but, like that's not that's <laughs> say easy, anything but... oh my god <laughs> oh. oh but yeah like I feel like I don't know this it's just a very very sweet scene just because they're both kind of out of their comfort zone in a way mm-hmm. and um because they're out of their comfort zone they like you get to explore their characters in a lot more depth which is really really important to the film because we need to see these characters grow and shift and change in the temporal space we're given. Mm-hmm. Um, because without that, we aren't going to be a part of the film, right? Like, Literally. You won't be invested in it. But, I mean, this kind of like, even though this entire film basically raises my expectations of what I expect from men, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, like, this was just one of those scenes that's like, it, like, why would I not expect going for a paintball fight? Like, if you don't want to go for a paintball fight with me, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah, it's just normal. Like, it was nothing. It's not. It's not one of those scenes where you're gonna like romanticize a fictional character, and nothing that's not gonna happen to you, and it's not gonna come true because, like, that's just. It's just like a normal coupley thing. And then, then when they went on the porch afterwards, it was just like the calm down and everything. Just love it. Oh, I, I feel like the distinction again, like, you know, I feel like this film is full of contradictions and distinctions and mm-hmm. it's quite different to, you know, The Taming of the Shrew, which it's based on. Yeah. Um, because The Taming of the Shrew, it has like similar narratives, you know, and it, it does kind of flow through in here. It like splits in. But at the same time, it's so different just because when he's meant to tame the shrew, like the roles are reversed, right? Because Technically, he's the shrew as well in this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, technically, he's also being tamed. Yeah, yeah, because he's like this wild, crazy guy who everyone thinks sold his liver on the black market <laughs> for a pair of speakers. And then suddenly he's like this really, really sweet chap with her and he's let his guard down. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, tell me something real. Oh, yeah, my mm-hmm. accent's real. This is real. That's real. And then when you see them at the end and they shut down again, and it's like oh here we go again and I felt that spiritually like me on another level I get that because I do relate to them in some ways like I really enjoy how their relationship like um they can kind of manifests yeah and how they can kind of like go from I don't even know how to put some words but I'm gonna get there um (laughs) how they can have these like big moments and then have these like really little um it's kind of like the big gesture and then they're like yeah I feel like that's quite like a part of human nature like who doesn't love a big gesture even if you're an introvert like Mm -hmm. there might be a big gesture for you when you're in private with that person and these two like I feel like I wouldn't say they're introverts I wouldn't say they're extroverts either like there's that balance in between and I feel like that's why I can like relate to both of them quite a Mm -hmm. lot because they enjoy each other's company right they enjoy the limited people's company that they like um and they don't want to branch out and be like oh look at me I am so popular you know like the extrovertedness but at the same time it's not like nobody knows them either like everyone's talking about them 
um so it's 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 nice just to see that kind of unfold and how a lot of people can relate to their human nature of wanting the big gestures but also seeing the fact that like there's ups and downs Mm -hmm. that's what I did like about the ratio because they're so diff like they're so different but they're also so alike and Mm -hmm. I also um again talking about the big gestures and the like the more calm moments I just thought that was a really it was a good thing to put in the film because I've seen countless rom-coms where it's gesture after gesture it's just like um it's just like doesn't end and it's just like over it's, it's overbearing yeah it's like yeah. and it's just like go away man like yeah it's like oh the kissing booth to all the boys I've loved before honestly it's too, too much. much too much it's disgusting like it's <laughs> when something is like sickeningly sweet that's when yeah. you're like oh turn this shit off but I also feel like this is gonna sound absolutely insane we can actually blame it on their astrological compatibility I feel like they're very very astrologically compatible right not that we know their birthdays but let's guess it let's just guess <laughs> should we go into the big six or the big three let's go big three. Oh, I wanted to do big six because <laughs> Venus Venus and Mars oh yeah Venus, Venus and Mars okay you go first you go first okay so see again because when we when I did like the psychometrics optometrics test whatever it's Mm -hmm. called right like where they analyze you I got the most similar to Patrick um and I feel like okay yeah I can see it because he's a lot more like I would say he is more extroverted than Kat right like Kat's just kind of like feisty and bitey and I kind of relate to that and she's very like she likes talking about things she's passionate about so like the way she talks about things in English like that was something I would do if I'm like very passionate about subject but I feel like so that's like her inner working of her mind right Mm -hmm. so I would say that Kat's an Aquarius moon okay because I am an Aquarius moon (laughs) like I don't know if you agree with that do you agree with it no, yeah, I kind of see it. I was thinking about her sun sign, but I'm going to see what you say for her sun sign, and then I'm going to see if I get the same. Mm, okay. Ooh. Oh, okay, this one's hard, because mm-hmm. I feel like she could be, like, literally, like, so <laughs> many times. Yeah. I feel like if she was an earth sign, she would probably be a Taurus, but I don't think she's a Taurus, because I feel like Taurus people are quite chilled out and relaxed and they're like very into like food and material possessions and she's not like she's quite like free and holistic and like oh like you know I'm living very independently um and she doesn't have that dependency thing that I feel like Taurus people have (laughs) so I'd say she's not an earth sign I just don't feel like she's an earth she's not cold enough to be an earth sign Mm -hmm. because she cares right she's passionate um so I would feel like she's either a water sign or a fire sign I don't think she's a Gemini or a Libra or an Aquarius sun because Aquarius sun people are like off the charts like, they'll be <laughs> bouncing from wall to wall right or they'll just be sitting there and doing nothing there's no in between with them I just mm-hmm. um, I don't know I just couldn't see her as an Aquarius sun like so any air sun is out of the way so I would either suggest that she is a Scorpio sun mm-hmm. or an Aries sun because oh, <laughs> Do you, yeah I feel like we could agree on that one because right Aries people like 
like I don't know they're just very bitey I feel like they're very very <laughs> bitey but they also have this grounding kind of nature to them they're not like up in the air like she's definitely not a Leo like <laughs> I no. didn't say that as a fact she's not a Leo I was thinking Libra or Aries but I, Aries like is calling me more calling me yeah (laughs) I feel like the reason I said Scorpio is because she's quite like in tune Mm -hmm. yeah like I feel like I mean emotionally she's quite grounded I would say although she's but she's impulsive right so I don't think for that reason that she's a Scorpio because it's not Scorpio people aren't impulsive Scorpio people are definitely impulsive um but Aries people are even more impulsive being a fire sign and because like they're ruled by Mars so I would say that she has an Aries sun and Aquarius moon. But her features are quite soft, so Pisces writing. You know what? I, I think I agree. But I can't I think put so. my I can't put my signs into them because you got Patrick. I got Cameron, who I'm most like. <laughs> so he's giving me water signs and everything. Oh he's my god, I Pisces yes. Venus. Definitely. Pisces you, you're sun. Pisces Venus. <laughs> I feel like I could see Pisces sun but I also feel like at the same time the nice guy thing that he fits into like <laughs> that's quite like a, a cancerian thing that I did this for you oh no definitely uh, yeah I think Pisces Venus for Cameron he's a yes cancer sun yes definitely. and like I don't know what his rising or moon would be about it. see again he's got quite soft features so i would put probably put him in like he doesn't have you know very strong features like mm-hmm. he's he, again like him and cat i feel like they both kind of i don't know i would class them together yeah. so maybe he's a pisces rising but at the same time That's saying that <laughs> um i also feel like he could like he's definitely not like a Scorpio rising because like Scorpio no. risings have big eyes, very bold features. Um, so I feel like maybe he could be a Taurus rising mm-hmm. because there's something still grounding that even like he's like floating somewhere, <laughs> he's still quite grounded. Which I feel like I don't know all of or, like all of them do have very soft features in this film, but I feel like Cat and him just yeah. generally are more you know put together. Mm-hmm. I agree. And for Patrick... What do you think his moon sign is? His moon sign. Hmm. That's tough. I don't think. He's not a hustler. I mean, he is because he's a simp. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe maybe he's like, I don't know. Maybe he just is like Pisces, 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 Pisces. Like... See, I could see it. <laughs> I think so. I very think so unbalanced, too. but makes sense. For Patrick, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just get Scorpio vibes somewhere from him. Mm, yeah, I think he's probably a Scorpio son because you know, weirdly enough, Scorpio sons and Aries sons work really, really well together. Mm-hmm. Like really well. Um, they can be toxic at times, which we can obviously see, <laughs> can see between them. But at the same time, they're both very, I don't know, they're both kind of they fit together because mm-hmm. they're quite similar in their nature. So I would say, yeah, he's a Scorpio sun. What else? I, I don't think... think that like I don't know. What do you, what were you gonna say? I don't know. I'm just getting like big, like from Patrick, I'm getting like because you know there are star signs that are just a bit. I don't want to say irrelevant, but a bit boring. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think she's boring. No, but I no, I'm not where from you're him. From. I mean, he gets the opposite end. Like mm, not boring. See, but... I don't know. I could see him as a Capricorn rising. Mm-hmm. Because again, like his features are just very, very grounded and like. I don't know. I can't explain it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he gives no, me yeah, earth sign vibes when you look at him. But when you see his nature, he's obviously not an earth sign. But again, he's similar to Cap. I don't think he's an Aquarius moon. He's very, very intellectual. But I think because of his rational advice that he gives, he's probably... Um, uh, what sign am I forgetting? Crap. I just had it in my head. A Libra moon. I think he's a Libra moon. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I was like, we can make a whole podcast on just assigning film characters with <laughs> different signs. But like, I feel like their Mars and Venus probably work together as well very, very well. Mm-hmm. See, because I feel like they're both quite feisty, especially like in relationships. I feel like they must share the same Venus sign. Um, me personally as a Libra Venus, <laughs> like we're quite flirty, but I don't feel like these two are flirty apart from with each other, right? Because he's like, <laughs> I'm sure you thought about me naked. Like, <laughs> I just, I couldn't see them as Libra Venuses. I don't think they're flirty enough to be Libra Venuses, but they're quite like standoffish. So maybe Aquarius Venuses. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think Aquarius Venuses. I think so. So I what are we missing we... out on Mars sign? Mars sign, right? We're I don't missing know out much on Mars, about Mars sign. signs. Mars sign is like their sexual compatibility. <laughs> um, again, I would I would put them in the same sign. Like the thing is, right? Like he does quite big, like grandiose gestures for her. So I would probably put him as like a Leo Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Right, because I feel like he needs to have fire somewhere in his chart. It's quite like... extravagant, so it needs something. Big. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, probably like a Leo Mars. Whereas I feel like she's probably an Aries Mars. Mm-hmm. Because again, like they're quite compatible, but like they're, they're different in the ways they show their love. Like she's not as extravagant. She's like, he, like, you know, when she gives him um, the feminine mystique, when he's like, I asked for it and she's like avoiding him. Like that mm-hmm. was just that small gesture where it's like, oh, okay, you know. But shall I tell you what? The one character we oh no, we missed. I mean, Bianca. I mean, uh, I don't see know. Bianca's. What are you gonna say? I don't know. I think she's gonna. She probably has a Leo somewhere, but also no. See, I think everyone's no. I think she's a Libra. Yeah. Because Libras are like. You know how people stereotype Leos, right? Libras are that. They're quite narcissistic, which nobody realises. Mm-hmm. But, like, Bianca does have character development along the way. She's quite dramatic. So maybe she could have a Leo moon. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's got Virgo somewhere. Probably Virgo rising, because, again, her features are very soft. And she likes being very prim and proper. Mm-hmm. So I could see where you're coming from on that. Like, I don't know, like, the rest of her signs. Because, again, like, she gives in towards the end. So I'd say she's got, like, a cancer Venus, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> emotional. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, but, again, she's quite aggressive. Planet of Aggression, Mars. Um, so I would say she's got an Aries Mars as well. Because she punches Joey in the face, right? She's like, fuck you. Yeah. Piss off. Yeah. Bye. And she gets pissed off at chastity. So she has 
that kind of leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. But we're missing one sign because we've done Mars, Venus, the big three. And I know we're missing one sign. Mars, Venus. Um, Mercury. Oh, yeah, but wouldn't it? Where? I don't think we've done any of their Mercuries. No, no. See, I already, I, guess... I think Cat Cat has a Virgo Mercury because mm-hmm. I have a Virgo Mercury. I think that's the similarity between us. We're quite like blunt. We're just like fuck, like piss mm-hmm. off. That's it. Mm. Um. See, my Mercury is in Aquarius. I don't know what that means. See, I don't think that's like bad at all. Like because it just means that you're like. I don't know. It just means like you kind of have that introvert and extrovert energy at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can embody like this part of you that's like, oh, wow, look at me, very grandiose. And then this Mm -hmm. part that's like, leave me alone. True. That is true. Um, So, but it's also like about your communication. So that's the communication you give. So I feel like Kat, because she's so blunt, right? And she's like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, that's her burger Mercury talking. And like, obviously, Patrick has to be compatible in terms of communication because they communicate the same way. I just don't feel like he's... Like, he is straightforward, but I don't feel like he's a Virgo Mercury. It's not, like, the same, though. Like, he is, like... Like you said, straightforward, but I feel like it's not as... I was going to say it's not as blunt, but that's the same word. But, I mean... Not the same word, it's the same sort of meaning. But I don't know if you, you see where I'm coming from. Like, I feel like with hers, it's quite... Like, I just don't know how to explain it. Like, it's, you know, when it's in your head and you know exactly yeah, what yeah, it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. for her, I feel like it's more, like, sharp and, like, mean. Yeah, she But for him, it's yeah. more, like... Witty. Yeah, yes. Like, it's funny when he drills the thing into Cameron's book. <laughs> Cameron uses that same book for the entire film. <laughs> bro, He's okay? probably attached to it with all his Pisces. <laughs> um i feel like okay his mercury see i would like to put it in sagittarius Mm -hmm. Mm, but at the same time like virgo and sagittarius aren't compatible but they they like you know but like these two are communicating in the same way so maybe i'm just gonna put him in like aquarius or something even though that's not compatible either but like (laughs) <laughs> you know like i don't know. I know there's just something about it. like he's hard he's hard with mercury i can't put a mercury to him mm-hmm. um whereas cameron is definitely a cancer mercury like i just no know doubt that his plate, his chart is full of water placements i think it's a very unbalanced chart water and one air placement the air placement i don't know where it is we've missed it out somewhere it, it exists <laughs> it exists <laughs> right that's probably why he's so compatible with michael in his bromance mm-hmm. because michael gives me gemini, gemini vibes gemini 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 <laughs> yes yes actually i do see that um gemini with like what? i feel like he has all the air signs in there he definitely has all the he's air giving signs me Taurus vibes as well he's smart but he's also a bit loopy in the head so yeah, I could I could see that, right? Because, but I thought that that's like his Gemini as well. Because again, you know, Gemini and Taurus are very, very chill people. They're like, oh, okay, don't give a shit about anything really. Yeah. Um 
and so I feel like yeah so he's a very Gemini Taurus kind of vibes don't really feel like he has that much fire in him although he does because he has he has drive right he has drive yeah so his Mars is probably like an Aries or something again um whereas Bianca I feel like is a Leo Mercury and then Joey right <laughs> because he's so unaware of everything like I mean he's malicious so mm-hmm. I feel like he has to have like a malicious placement so probably like Capricorn or something <laughs> So I'll put him like a Capricorn sun. No, no. I'll put him Leo sun, Leo moon, Capricorn rising. Um, and then, I don't know. What else would I put him as? He doesn't have sharp features. So I don't know. I'm going to keep him as an earth sign rising. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's there because earth signs are quite full of themselves, which nobody knows about. Nobody knows about it. Everyone's like, oh, they're the quiet ones. Nope. Nope. Um, but yeah I would feel like he's got a Leo Mercury as well just because he communicates it all out loud Mm -hmm. and maybe like he's got Gemini somewhere as well because of his unawareness yeah so yeah I would label him as that so I feel like it's it's all a good match it's all a good match going on I think we've done quite well You've done quite yes well i do think so i do think so <laughs> but it's funny how we're like neither of the girls and we're like the two boys yeah, <laughs> yeah. what i'm what? cameron just like female form i wouldn't say i'm like patrick completely i feel like i'm a mixture between cat and patrick i don't know what you think about that no i think so no 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 but wait so if i if you were to cast me in the movie who would you cast me as um cat (laughs) (laughs) i asked you as cameron i can't even lie to you about that one (laughs) i just know it would literally be like this it would literally be like I like them so much because <laughs> the thing is with me I convince myself into liking people because I'm bored whereas mm-hmm. you don't do that you like genuinely like people and you're like wow they're such a nice person whereas I'll slag them off and be like they're a horrible person <laughs> I hate them and that's what Kat does with Patrick right that's they true. both do each other like mm, okay no I'm leaving right whereas you're not like that you're like wow <laughs> so there's a big difference there's a big difference between us so you're like the female version of Cameron, Cameron really. but at the I'm same time he, get, he gets he gets the girl at the end so you're all good you're all good and you've got Michael supporting you from the back which is like who's my, my Michael me. okay cool. um I'm playing all the characters you're playing Cameron <laughs> I fit Cameron so well I can't fit anyone else but you know what like I feel like this trope obviously like the bet trope is mm-hmm. like like this is something that you know we really enjoyed about the film because it's like there's that tension there with the bet trope um and I so think, like cat obviously is unaware of it but like as an audience when you know you know that it's going to go wrong at some point but you just yeah, wait for yeah. when for for when right and so like patrick being aware of it and he's like slowly falling for her and like mm-hmm. like oh okay okay you know <laughs> like felt that again it, oh I felt that oh, because bro it's happened to me <laughs> but yeah like you know when you when you're feeling that and you're like okay what's happening next I feel like mm-hmm. that that bet trope is so like prevalent in so many films which like isn't yeah. talked about no one like the bet trope isn't given recognition which makes me really really sad 
I think because it can either be done really well, like as we see really in Things I About You, or really badly, um, where yep. it's just like not it. <laughs> I am <laughs> thinking of a certain film. Can you guess? After. After. <laughs> yeah. After is like the worst film I've ever seen in my life. I rated that shit like zero stars. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. I've terrible. seen clips of the acting and I'm like, what? But I think what's oh. notable is um the difference in the type of bet. So like with this yeah. bet, it's like, you know, get like basic. Well, I mean, it's really to help out Cameron, but it's just to get her on a date and get her to like. Yeah, dating. it doesn't start out with malicious intent. I think yeah. that's so important. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the film I compare this to the most is She's All That, yeah. right? Like, so I was rewatching She's All That as well because again love that film and they're coming out with a remake of it which i'm not happy about i'm not happy about that it, it's he's all that and it's an addison ray and tanner buchanan but by the mm-hmm. way they're both like extremely white privileged pretty privileged people like can you call tanner buchanan ugly no <laughs> like what i just feel like either way it's weird like either way doing this type of film is quite harmful because you've 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 either going to have two really attractive people one of them pretending that they're not attractive yeah or you're going to have like really attractive one of them really you know like unconventionally attractive whatever but with she's all that though it wasn't that she was ugly yeah it wasn't that it was just that she was kind of like you know, I think what that film did really well is it took this idea of a social outcast, but it wasn't because, again, like how Kat wanted to be a social outcast, mm-hmm. right? Lainey never wanted to be a part of these people. And yeah. like when she said it in the film itself, she's like, you just reminded me why I never wanted to be a part of you. I can't believe I got sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And then Zach in the end realizing, wait, shit, like I was with the wrong people all along. I shouldn't have been yeah. with these people. When he realizes that Dean's like right asshole, like, you know you've got that comparison between Dean and Joey and I mean Joey I feel is more like comedic whereas I feel like she's all that is on the path of being a romance movie like completely with hints of comedy 10 things I hate about you I told like we've been speaking about right is like Mm -hmm. the perfect kind of balance between that I feel like they're still very comparable just because like the vibe is kind of similar yeah where you know you've got this thing going on like oh um we've got a bet going on um will they happen oh he actually fell for her in the end why did he fall for her um and there's this the reasons aren't similar I would say because it's not like Lainey and Zach are similar there's there's no similarity between them but I feel like it still is an enjoyable movie and it's got Gabrielle Union in it as well still yeah right and Gabrielle Union actually plays a very very nice character this time (laughs) um but yeah just like I don't know that film just has a special place in my heart in terms of romance rather than a Mm rom-com because I feel like it does try and break away from again norms and stereotypes just like 10 things I hate about you did and 10 things I hate about you you know how it like reversed the role of um the roles of the taming of the shrew right like Mm -hmm. it kind of put an equal split on both of them yeah because they like it wasn't that she was to be tamed because both of them were fine at the end right like she was still cat it just was that she started showing like feelings Mm -hmm. she it just showed that like you can still be who you are and decide that you can fall in love um right and like 
Patrick was kind of more tame because people got to know more in depth and inside about him. Um, whereas I feel like, I don't know, this film is just slightly different that way. <laughs> yeah. It just is different uh, because I forgot my point. <laughs> I feel like that's the difference. So we've got like those two. The difference between those two and like after is that it's just it's not like some oh, it's so bad because obviously if it's a bet about virginity it's not a bet about like Me rolling my eyes anything in the back of my head it's or... just like it's just dumb like that's an example of how it's done badly but one that I do enjoy is 10 things I hate about you not the one we're talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days oh my god like again it's on both sides yeah it's about equality I think that's really important because I think the narrative is pushed that when you're a feminist right that women are trying to be like better than men and be like oh you know kill all men like yeah although like it's a funny TikTok trend right like no one's being actually serious about it and if they are yeah. then that's stupid the mm-hmm. problem is right that feminism has been taken into this like disgusting word but it shouldn't be because feminism is literally just fighting for the equality that should have been there from the first place literally and that's what how to lose a guy in 10 days does because it's on both ends and it's showing like look that's not the case going on here we're not trying to be like oh Andy's better because she played the boy this time like that's not what's going on yeah I think that's what I like because if you look at after it's obviously a one-sided thing and mm-hmm. it's like I don't know it's like making one of them vulnerable and they're just not going to get anything good out of the situation and that's just a toxic relationship yeah and I feel like with um how to lose a guy in 10 days they were both trying to get something out of it and then they both ended up falling for each other like so predictable and so cute I love it um yeah I just think it just has a completely different vibe I don't know if it's maybe something to do with the fact that after's come out more recently something about the way it's been like pop culture or just whatever but I hate it and I just wish we weren't getting more honestly we (laughs) fell out on another level just it's I don't know (laughs) I don't know I feel like that should be our next episode yeah that should be our next episode how much I hate it for so long I think we have a lot to say on that like just because it's such a bad film Mm -hmm. like everyone's just gonna have to listen to that you know everyone's gonna have to listen (laughs) and tune in and join in (laughs) but for right now I think we should do a ranking I think so I think we should do a ranking but I mean, everyone probably knows our ranking by now. I but I feel so. like we should still do it. Let's go on it. So, would you like to start with your bottom? I would. Off the bet tropes. Off the bet tropes. After is the bottom. Then I've got she's all that because I haven't seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. bits of it, so yeah. Yeah. Then I have um, how to go in ten days, and then number one is ten things about you. Of course. See, for me, obviously, after is like. Oh, bottom, the <laughs> lower than low. To be compared no, why is it on this list? <laughs> <laughs> like, get out. Um, but I feel like I don't know. It's a hard for me because I feel like again for me, I have an attachment to cheat all that. Yeah, but how to lose a ten gu- the guy in ten <laughs> days is like <laughs> is objectively better. Uh huh. Does that make sense? No, I, yeah, can I, I just you. put them on a joint? Because like, it's, yeah, it's my it. personal attachment versus objectiveness. Mm-hmm. Go for it. 
Um, so yeah, I'm gonna kind of put them on a joint, but I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna sway one way, right? Like <laughs> even though they're joint, I'm gonna sway towards she's all that mm-hmm. because just I mean there's a bit like there's odd scenes in it. I can't lie to you. It's like very gives me not a teen movie vibe. It's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But um at the same time, I feel like it's a lot more like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um I'm just very sad it's being remade. Um watch it, you ruin it for yourself. Oh honestly, Miss Addison. You're probably Ray. gonna watch it anyway. Or you're gonna find a way to watch it. I don't it. think I will. Do you know? I actually don't think I will. I've been really good. Mm-hmm. I've been really good. I do need to watch Shadow and Bone though, but but, but back into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um no, so my top one is obviously Ten Things because best film in the whole entire world. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love it. I don't know if there's any more Betrope movies. You know, if there are, please let us know. Yeah, do let us know because I can't think of any that have because it's it's gotta be one where the plot centers around a bet, not just where like you know what I mean? It's quite hard. It's just an unnecessary bet. Like, what's the point? Yeah, something that's just dumb. Make it more like a rom-com rather than a rom. Yeah. That's what we want to know. Can you find me a rom-com that's a split balance between the two rather than just a rom? Like, do we have any contenders against 10 Things I Hate About You? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, hmm. I don't know because for me it's just and it's a whole new a whole own world it doesn't have any it doesn't need any contenders because it wins no <laughs> yes yes exactly but no, if you can give us any rom-coms with a good balance of please hit cheesy, us up you know um yeah, and don't give me any Netflix suggestions because I won't watch it. Oh my god, please, well, please. No, actually, just I probably won't watch it. I've probably already seen it and decided that I hated it and watched oh, it again. Same. So same. Don't give me any of those. I don't like them because. But preferably what, from the nineties, please. Yeah, I think what we're looking for is something older because Netflix is doing something that I can't get behind, and I just no. <laughs> yeah. Just, just no, just no. But yes, so if you have any suggestions, please <laughs> hit us up on all of our social medias, uh, which is like Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's all in the link tree. Just go and hit us up on there. But that's it for that today's concludes. episode. We hope you enjoyed. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. Um, and also, let us know your rankings, if you've seen any of them, or any thoughts. Yeah, just tweet anything. at us, post <laughs> on your story, tag us in your stories, anything. Um, we're always happy to hear. We're happy to talk about it. You can DM us if you want to talk some more. Mm-hmm. And we will we'll see, see you again, again next week. week. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>